Raising a child is, if you follow the popular logic, supposed to be a life-affirming experience, giving purpose and meaning to your existence. But what if you hate it? There's a growing movement promoting a child-free lifestyle, and some of its biggest proponents are parents frankly fed up with their offspring. Welcome to the iPodcast, where this week we're taking a look at the world of parents who hate being parents. Joining us is our chief features writer, Kasia Delgado, who's been speaking to some of these families. Hi, Kasia. Thank you very much for joining us. Tell us firstly a bit of an overview about the child-free movement. The child-free movement has been growing over the last sort of, I'd say, five years or so. A lot of people have been more vocal about not wanting children sort of challenging this idea that motherhood is this rarefied, incredible thing that everybody must love and have been sort of rejecting that idea. Men too. And it's just become something that is largely positive. People saying, actually, it's not for us. Or there are also, of course, people who haven't been able to have children for all kinds of reasons who have joined this movement. And it's, I think it could sort of provide quite a lot of comfort to people whose lives haven't gone exactly as they might have imagined. How did you get stuck into this reporting? Because you've been talking to some of these parents for quite a while now. Where did this first come on your radar? I was with my team at work and we were talking about some of the worries that parents have, some of the challenges they have. The backdrop of this is that there has been a kind of onslaught of novels and memoirs and articles by people being a little bit more honest about the challenges that parenting brings. To the point where some people have said, actually, it's all too negative. But we were thinking, okay, well, can we find some parents who are a bit more honest about the challenges? So I had a look around the internet. I spoke to my friends who are parents. And I stumbled across this group on Reddit first, which is called Regretful Parents. And on there, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of parents talking about their regrets and the difficulties they have. And I was quite shocked because it's not that I have never imagined that some people just wish they hadn't had children, but it's such a taboo thing to say. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's partly why people are saying it to each other in this sort of, I guess, safe space. So in this kind of safe space, what kind of things are coming up as the reasons that some of these parents are thinking, you know what, actually, this wasn't such a good idea? such a wide range. It seems like the majority of parents that I've spoken to and through other avenues since have said that they are just so scared to say any of this out loud, but they are finding it unmanageable. There are lots of reasons. Partly, there is definitely a mental health aspect to some of it. But then there are just people who say, you know, I find it quite boring, which I think to me is one of the more interesting elements. It's just quite dull. I was told that this would be the most fulfilling, amazing experience. I was told I'd be filled with this constant sense that I want to be the best parent in the world. And some of them have just said, I miss my old life. Mm. That's one of them. And I think sometimes the shame around that makes it worse, makes them feel more isolated. There are financial constraints. You know, people are struggling in this day and age. Childcare is a lot. People mm. are giving up work to stay at home when they maybe don't want to. So people have less choice, perhaps, than they might have done to some extent, maybe a few years ago. Well, let's hear from one of them now. Laura, we're changing her name and, and all the parents that we speak to for obvious reasons. 
is a mother of a nine-month-old and a two-year-old. Her interview has been voiced up by an actor. The idea of my two kids not existing is traumatic, as I do love them very much. But if there was some sort of time machine that would also erase my knowledge of them, I would absolutely go child-free. I was always on the fence when it came to having kids, and I used to say I'd be child-free. Yet, I also felt the pressure of everyone telling me I'd change my mind, that I'd be glad I'd have children. I wish someone who had regretted having kids had actually told me what their experience was like. Everyone talks about this incredible love you'll feel for your kids. My mother said, you won't know what love is until you have kids, how it's hard work but worth it, and that having kids will bring your life meaning. I'm sure this is true for some people, but I've never felt this way. I love my kids, yes, and would do anything for them. But is it this all-consuming love that feels like nothing I've known before? Has it brought my life this new meaning? No. In fact, I feel like it's stripped away all other things in my life that gave it meaning. And now there is only one purpose, it feels, which is to be in service to my children. I wish I had known that not everyone will love being a parent, that it is very common for parents to regret having kids. I wish I had known just how extreme the impact on my life would be. Everything that made my life what it was has been burnt into ash. I feel endless guilt for knowing the answer to the question, if you would go back in time, would you change your mind about kids? These feelings of regret I have make me feel alone in my day-to-day -day life in terms of chatting to my friends and family. It seems like it's this unimaginable taboo to talk about regret, so everyone gives you the Instagram version of their lives, or they add humor to any negative comments. Online, in a regretful parents group, it's a different story. There's finally a space where I feel validated by other regretful parents, and no longer feel alone. It makes me wonder whether so many other people, especially women, are walking around in silence, feeling the way I do. I worry that if I tell anyone in my family or friendship group how I feel, they'll think I'm unhinged and unfit to be a parent. I find myself telling them glossed-over stories about how wonderful my kids are. While they are lovely little humans, I think the gloss I add is about how fulfilled it makes me, which is kind of the opposite of how I feel. So if I'm feeling this way, surely there are others too. Maybe there's a fear that if we voice these feelings out loud, the regret suddenly becomes real, and we have to deal with those consequences and fallout. I wish I listened to myself when I was younger, and not other people. I mourn the life I could have had. Kasha, what interested you so much about Laura's story? The force with which she was talking about her regret initially in this other group on Mumsnet, I found it really interesting. I got in touch with her and she said, yes, I will talk to you because it's one of those things I can't really say out loud to my friends or my family. Mm -hmm. But what I found interesting was that she said she'd always been on the fence about having children. There was this sort of pressure she felt from family, this idea that, okay, well, what if I regret not having children? Yeah. What if I get older and I think, God, I wish I'd done that. And so she went for it. And I'm sure lots of people are in the same situation. But for her, it's not brought the fulfillment. But I thought her points made such a good distinction between love and not enjoying motherhood. She loves her children. She said, I would lie down, you know, in the middle of a road for them and get run over to save their lives. I'd do anything for them. 
but I don't enjoy being with them. I don't really enjoy parenting them. And they're nice children. And she obviously, I think, I don't know what kind of parent she is because I've never been around her, but I get the sense that she very much keeps that to herself. And she's not inflicting this misery on them. But she, in her heart, wishes she could go back in time and make a different choice. And it just, I found it such a surprising thing to hear and one that I've never actually heard someone express to me out loud at all. Yeah, it's definitely not something that's that's talked out in the open. But it is being talked about on these online groups, isn't it? You've mentioned a couple of them. And how common then are experiences like hers being shared on these kind of networks? Actually very common, I've found. I think it's still a very small minority of parents who feel this way, is the sense I get. For obvious reasons, we don't have statistics. I can't say, you know, 40% of parents feel this way. And I'm sure... Lots of parents have moments where they wonder what life might have been like if they'd not had children. But the groups that I've come across have been filled with parents and they have expressed this quite strong sense that the world should be set up differently where people are not told that the best possible thing you can do and the only way to live your life in a meaningful way is to have children. Mm. And we already know that society's set up for couples, it's set up for families But what about people who just want to choose a different path? And I think that's what's been most interesting. It's just not saying, you know, I want to harm my children. I wish they didn't exist as they are now. But God, I wish I could go back in time and just make different life choices. And what's the atmosphere in these groups? Is it a kind of safe haven or can it become, as social media often does, a little bit toxic? A real mixture I've come across. I think I've been really heartened by how supportive people seem to be towards each other largely. So in a lot of the groups I've been in or a lot of the parents I've spoken to, they have said that they've had really helpful responses. Of course, some of the women in this group specifically, there is a, an element of postnatal depression with some of them. And I think in some cases that's quite clear. And other people have said, you know, I really recommend this therapist or this helpful book, this way through this really difficult feeling. And I promise you it's going to get better. Lots and lots of people wading in with their own experiences of life improving. And that's been really heartening to see. Other people offering really good advice. So something else that comes up a lot is people saying they slightly regret having two children and they wish they'd stopped at one. People kind of trying to provide some support in that, mm. how to maybe manage two young children better because, you know, it's a lot of work for people. It's, it can be extremely draining. So I would say supportive, but as you say, yes, social media is a really difficult arena in which to be honest. And there have definitely been some judgmental responders I've seen. Some parents have said they felt like they were even worse parents than they imagined. Oh, after no. kind of <laughs> someone said, you know, I can't believe you've had two kids and you didn't even enjoy having the first so much. There have been comments like that. But overall, it's been quite positive in, in what I've seen anyway. Katja, you've touched on the fact that there might be some people in these groups who are actually suffering from things like postnatal depression. To what extent does mental health play a part in this? You know, to what extent are people actually suffering with mental health problems as opposed to maybe just having reflections on their life experiences? This is, of course, not to suggest that anyone must have a mental health issue if they, you know, regret having children. But how much does that play a part? It definitely comes up quite a lot. And I think that it would be naive to think that some of these people don't have some mental health problems that there isn't a postnatal element to that. And those people need support and help, of course. But there are lots of people I've come across who have very much said that isn't their experience, that they truly just miss their old life and they just don't really enjoy parenting. So it's been a real mix. 
but the people with sort of mental health difficulties and people who are just extremely exhausted and you know being tired and keeping people awake all night is a form of torture and parents do experience that that also can create mental health problems it can exacerbate already existing ones so it's absolutely part of it but it's not always part of it not by any stretch of the imagination but something else that has been very clear is that often the mental health is mixed in with a really difficult circumstance there have been a lot of accounts of parents feeling they are not very supported by their partner maybe the partner is at work all the time or they don't fully understand or they're not on the same page about the difficulties so I think often a mix and you know life is complicated for lots of people some people say they wish they could send their child to nursery a little bit more or maybe have some parental support but they don't have that so I think it struggles all mixed together Mm. which kind of create these extreme feelings Mm mm-hmm And it's not just young children, is it, that people are having these discussions about? You spoke to one parent with a slightly older child who thinks they actually dislike their child. This was a really interesting one because they had enjoyed being a parent for a lot of this child's life and the toddler years when, you know, things are often, I think, more difficult for some people. But they were really, really concerned that their child was growing into somebody that they said they wouldn't want to be friends with. Which is also quite a taboo thing to say, you know, you grow up thinking, well, if I have children, I will love them. Mm. Not only will I love them, I will think they are the best thing in the world. And this parent I spoke to said that she really was worried that this girl was a mean girl, that when she turned 18, she was going to go to university and kind of cause havoc and misery to others. And she was worried that she'd been a bad parent. So I think that's also something that I've come across a little bit, not a lot, but sometimes teenagers and slightly older cause just as much kind of consternation and and parents worry I think that the behavior isn't just standard difficult behavior but it's something deeper and a a reflection of their own failure. Kasha one thing I am interested in is when you're approaching these parents in these groups you know for example like this mum that we've just talked about who's actually not really liking her child that much How is your approach received? Are people always happy to talk? Do you get any pushback? Because as you say, it is so taboo. The idea of bringing these things into the light, let alone into, you know, a newspaper article can be a bit daunting. When I first started approaching some of these parents, I had the same thought. I was thinking, well, they're never going to speak to me. Why would they tell me a stranger their deepest, darkest secrets and fears? But what I've realised is that some of them want to talk. Not many, but some do because I think they get a sense of relief from expressing it to someone. Obviously, they're anonymous. No one has ever said that they want to go on record in a newspaper saying that they regret having children, not to me anyway. But most of them who have wanted to talk have said, God, it's almost good to get it off my chest. I would say that of the many parents I message and sort of approach and explain that we're talking about this taboo, the vast majority don't respond or say no. But the few I have had have have seemed to feel some kind of sigh of relief over finally being able to say it because they always say they can't say it to their own parents, they can't say it to their friends and they don't want to be judged either. If you're fascinated by the changing nature of our society, consider a digital subscription to I. We've got a special offer on. You can get a subscription for half the price at just £35.99 a year. That's just £3.99 and under £1 a week 
for all of our award-winning news, features and analysis. I, for Open Minds, subscribe today. Kasha, we're going to kick off part two with an account from another parent. This time it's a dad called Mark. He's a 43-year-old father of a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And once again, we've had his words voiced by an actor. I would never dare say this to my wife, and I feel ashamed for feeling this. But quite often, I wish I'd never become a dad at all. The truth is that there's no way I'd have kids if I could go back and do it again. The main reason is I'm fairly certain that the children are slowly but surely ruining our marriage, to the point where I fantasise about what life was like before we decided to have kids. Lots of my male friends, and my own dad too, always told me how much they love being fathers, and that for all the boredom and exhaustion of parts of it, it's the world's best feeling. Don't get me wrong, I love my children, I die for them, but I also don't think I'm cut out for dad life. Secretly, I've always known this. I should have really listened to my gut and insisted that I was not father material, but I was convinced into it, because otherwise, I know I'd have lost my wife. She really wanted children, and I wanted her. Throughout my 20s, I assumed that I'd never have children, but I also didn't dwell on it too much, as it seemed like such a long way off. At that time, things never got serious enough with any of my girlfriends to have the big, do you want kids talk? So I was able to ignore the topic, which to be honest, I was glad about. If I ever briefly tried to imagine myself with a child, my overall feeling was that it wasn't the life for me. When I was 34, I met my now wife. She was 28. We got on so well, and I really felt like for the first time in my life, I was with the right person. She understood me, and we had such a good time. We went on amazing trips, and she made me feel so excited about life and to experience new things. I was so sure I wanted to marry her when the right time came. About a year into our relationship, around the time she turned 30, she asked me whether I'd ever want children because it was something that she was fairly sure she'd want one day. It was a difficult, stressful conversation. And when I said that I wasn't sure, she looked really upset. And I remember her saying to me that however much she loved me and saw a future with me, having kids to her was so important that we'd have to end things if I said no to becoming a father. She said I could have some time to think about it and figure it out. But I was so scared to lose her, I told her I was up for kids. One day, I figured that we'd had at least five years left, which was a willfully blind guess on my part. And I figured out I could worry about fatherhood if or when the time came. We moved in together, got married and kept on having a really good relationship. Of course, it had its ups and downs, but we were happy and we had adventures around the world. After a few years on her 34th birthday trip to Venice, my wife said that she really wanted to start trying for a baby. Her friends were having kids. She was feeling broody. I asked whether we might be able to wait longer, and we had a massive argument. And I did think we might break up, but I really, really didn't want to. So I said, OK, yes, let's do it. What's the worst that could happen? Two children later, I figured out it was kinder to have two, as I never had siblings and wished I had. And I can't remember the last time I slept properly. God knows when my wife and I last had a genuinely nice time together or had sex. We bicker all the time. I go to work. I come home now and I have no real friends anymore. And no social life outside of the people at work, who are nice but not really people I can tell how I feel. My wife and I both earn enough to have a decent standard of living, plus a nice holiday in the summer. 
but not enough for a nanny, and we don't have family nearby who can help. What my wife and I have is not even a partnership at this point. We just live in the same place. I'm ashamed to say sometimes I hide in the bathroom just to get away from it all. I love my wife so much, but I feel like all she cares about is the children. Of course, I do know that they need a huge amount of care and attention, but I wish that she could make me feel somewhat important in her life still. I don't know if I'm being unreasonable or not, but I feel secondary in every way. I admit I can be selfish, but I do try to make her feel important to me. People keep telling me that all this gets better, but better never seems to come. Here I am several years later, and I'm not happy. Some of my friends seem to love fatherhood, many of them surprised by how much they're enjoying it, whereas I go through the motions fairly convincingly most of the time, but it tears me apart inside. My wife kind of knows deep down, I suspect, but I can't really talk to her about it because she just gets upset whenever I say anything that implies my unhappiness or even the tiniest bit of regret associated with our children. Ultimately, having kids has made my life neither what I expected nor wanted and has put a huge strain on what was a brilliant marriage. I wish I could press a button and travel back to a time when it was just me and her and kids hadn't trashed every aspect of my life. I will, however, never say this out loud to anyone who knows me. And of course, I'd never want my children to know I feel this way, as it's not their fault. I'm not going to leave either. This is something I chose and agreed to, albeit reluctantly, and it's the life I now have. I just want other dads who feel the same way as me to know that they're not alone. Kasha, this is pretty bleak, really, isn't it? You know, Mark saying here he hides in the bathroom to get away from his kids. His marriage is ruined. What was it like talking to Mark? Is he really struggling with this? I don't think it's a hugely inspirational story for people thinking about whether they want to become fathers or not. But talking to him, it was very clear that he's going through a lot at the moment. And we had readers write in to say, it does get better. You won't be hiding in the bathroom forever. And, and a few men who said they'd had similar feelings of regret and overwhelm and worries about their marriage. I think it comes up more than people might admit that that children can alter the dynamics of a marriage or a long-term relationship and that there are pressures and challenges around that. And I did wonder, talking to Mark, whether to some degree it just didn't really occur to him that that specific thing would happen at all. And when it did happen, it was such a shock that he felt very alone and isolated and unable to express that to his wife. But it, it is bleak and it is sad. And of course, no one wants to think of parents hiding in the bathroom regularly but he did seem to feel quite hopeless about his situation. Mm. Mark mentions the financial strain and we know how expensive being a parent is, particularly in this economic climate. How much does that come up? Quite a lot. One of the things that really arises is childcare costs. The fact that, yes, we all know it costs money to have a child, but people don't necessarily realise how much nursery childminders actually cost until they're in the thick of it because who goes around thinking about exactly what they're going to pay per week before they have a child it doesn't seem very kind of lovely fun thing to think about when you're just deciding whether to have a child maybe increasingly people do think that way but but I think it's still quite rare so there's that and then I think there's the knock-on effects of financial pressures which we all know put strain on all relationships all households all families whatever the situation Money is a very stressful thing to worry about. To lie awake at night worrying about how you're going to send your child to nursery slash afford to do your own job is a really, really difficult thing. So that did come up quite a lot. And I definitely get the sense that 
is coming up more now than it might have done sort of a decade ago. Cost of living, gas prices, electricity, childcare is, is really expensive in this country. And there doesn't seem like a massive amount being done for parents. So yeah, finances are undeniably part of it. Not to say that all people with money and lots of support don't struggle, but I certainly feel like there was a lack of support, lack of money and lack of sort of extra parental support and in-law help in the situations that I have encountered. Mm. Kasha, we've touched on childcare a couple of times and that really does seem to be a significant factor in also parenting decisions and assessments at the moment. I mean, we know that the UK is one of the worst countries in the world for childcare costs. British couples on an average wage spending nearly a third of their income on fees. How much does government policy have to play in all of this? Well, the government's not doing loads to help, I'd say. I mean, the UK has the highest costs of childcare for any country apart from Switzerland. It's really bad. And I think the government has created lots of problems because there's the kind of veneer of cheaper childcare and free hours that three-year-olds get. So the idea is that when you turn three, you get cheaper nursery hours. But what's happened is that the government hasn't supplied the nurseries with any more money to cover these cheaper hours to kind of make up the money that the nursery is losing by charging less for those hours. Therefore, the childcare providers have to charge more money to parents, meaning that in the end, the parents we've spoken to who are having a very bad time are spending more of their income that they already can't afford on sending their child to nursery. So it's this sort of really bad loop effect where the government says nurseries need to do more, but nurseries don't have the money to do more. The people working in nurseries are really under a lot of pressure and not earning really very well. And therefore, they're leaving the industry and going to work in other jobs where they'll get paid more for less responsibility. And it just isn't going anywhere good. And I don't think any childcare experts I've spoken to feel that the government has prioritised those early years or their parents at all in the way that we need to kind of have a much better society with happier parents and children. Mm. And just to wrap it up, I mean, the theme in all of this is the kind of shame, I think, and a taboo around the fact that people are, are feeling this and are being unable to talk about it. How optimistic are you that reporting like this and conversations like this might be able to throw a bit of light on this? I think that, you know, there's a tendency to historically talk about the wonders of parenting, how incredible it is, how amazing it is. And don't get me wrong, that is a lot of people's experience a lot of the time. You know, I have lots of friends with children. I love children. There's obviously a huge joy in, in, in parenting. And this is not some kind of doom-mongering saying that people should think very carefully before doing it or that they need to be 100% sure. It's just that, I guess, with shame comes isolation, fear. And I don't think that's good for anybody. So I suppose I hope that in bringing some of these shameful, taboo feelings to light and starting a conversation, or at least bringing it slightly more into the mainstream, some people will feel less alone with it. You know, maybe if it becomes less completely unthinkable to admit that you regret having kids, maybe people will talk about it a little bit more and they'll enjoy parenting more because none of these people are saying they don't love their children or they don't want the best for them. It's just that life hasn't gone exactly as they wanted. And I think, you know, the more we discuss this, hopefully, you know, in a hopeful way that is understanding and 
sort of takes into account that these people are generally not bad. They just have these feelings and they're not alone in them. I, I, I'm hoping that will only lead to kind of a, a better all round positive society. Kata, thank you so much for joining us and for all of your work on this. If people are listening to the podcast and think that's an experience that I've had and I would really like to share it, what's the best way for them to reach you? The best way to get in touch is probably Twitter. I'm at Kasha L Delgado, which is K-A-S-I-A-L-D-E-L-G-A-D-O. And I'll try and get back in touch. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. You can follow all of Kasha's reporting on inews.co.uk, along with all of our news and features from around the world. I'm Molly Blackall. You can follow me on Twitter at Molly Blackall and on Instagram at molly.blackall. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.